Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. You don't understand. This is a liar. How can you think that I'm her dad, but we both look exactly the same age? We do not look the same age. I was being kind. Wait, I'm going to hypnotize him. I hereby christen this mutton Barbie camper. Priscilla, queen of the desert. Hello and welcome to this episode of Pop Goes the Tam Tam. The shipping cruise, oh love, has reached its next destination. And to discuss this couple, I'm joined by a very special guest. Announce yourself, special guest. Hello, my name is Carlin Jones of Starfighter Reviews. Hello Carlin, it's fab to have you back because I don't think we had you on last year. Oh yeah, it's good to be back. I have brought you here, and it's not under duress. I haven't forced you to come. (laughs) No. I'm not holding holding your family hostage. So I have brought you here to talk about your favourite ship, which is... Um, Binifer. I said Binifer. (laughs) It's uh, Jennifer and Ben Sisko from Star Trek Three Space Nine. By the way, I never heard of the, the term ship before really oh it's very popular i think it's maybe a fan fiction thing but it's when you ship two characters together that are either in a relationship like ben and jennifer or you want them to be in a relationship they're not to be confused with obviously jenny from the block benifer or the other benifer benifer i'll take your word for it you oh wait you mean like ben affleck ben affleck has no, he's got nothing to do with this, is what we're saying. (laughs) (laughs) One Jennifer that Ben Affleck is not dating or married to. Right, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, for the uninitiated, what is Deep Space Nine? Deep Space Nine is a science fiction TV series. Um, I guess, you know, I was trying to, like, describe it to myself like answered a definition of this last night and i guess it's a linear science fiction series that has a uh multiple series within it within its franchise and they all go in well they used to go in chronological order Mm. um so d space nine is the uh third installment uh, of the Star Trek franchise, and um, yeah, and and the couple that we're talking about, the main character, or at least one of the main characters, is uh, Ben Sisko, who is the commander of a space station. I mean, I think you could argue that Ben Sisko is the main character of Deep Space Nine. Yeah, I mean, you definitely can. The next question is, mm-hmm. who are Ben and Jennifer Sisko? Ben and Jennifer Sisko. You know, there's so many ways you could you could answer this. You know, Jennifer Sisko, you could say, is a military wife. Unfortunately, we kind of don't know what she does for a living, which is kind of mm. like weird. Because I, I just like now thought about that last night. She is a loving wife. Ben Sisko is a commander in the military of uh, Star Trek, or excuse me, military in the uh, Federation, and they have a son together. This is not a spoiler for when I say this, because you you figure this out within the first three minutes of watching Deep Space Nine, but (laughs) um, they're a loving, uh, happy marriage couple, but uh, Jennifer passes away, and the premise or kind of the staple of the show is how to 
uh, be a single parent, how to grieve a mm-hmm. loved one, how to move on from a loved one, and I, I guess how to find love again and, and, and acceptance. So all those uh, themes are the characters themselves. So, yeah, there's so many ways you could you can kind of answer that of who are they. I have to say that the relationship between Ben and his son Jake, which is also Jennifer's son, I think is just mm-hmm. so well written because often in Star Trek, the family relationships are often quite underwritten. But theirs just feels natural. It feels organic. If somebody told me they really were a father and son, I'd be like, I believe it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. I mean, if you watch like any convention video or like panel that the Deep Space Nine crew does, like for so many futures going on, they've always talked about the relationship that the actors uh, had who played Ben and, and Jake. And the actor who, who played Jake has always said, like, he considered him like another father because of their relationship was so close because mm-hmm. of the show. So it's always amazing to hear stuff like that because that's definitely how it translated. It really, really shows. And going back to who Jennifer actually is, you're right, it's really interesting. We don't get much information about her at all. The OG mm-hmm. Jennifer Sisko, because we should say there are two Jennifer Siskos, aren't there? Yeah, there are two, which, you know, it's kind of funny because I was watching the episodes really uh, recently, but I think it's safe to say, because Ben Sisko says that the mirrored uh, Jennifer Sisko, which by the way, listeners, there's like a mirror universe, I guess like an opposite universe of like every Star Trek character where they exist in. And it's just like, it's a lot to keep up with, but there is a mirror, uh, Jennifer Sisko. And we do know that Ben considers her the complete opposite of what Jennifer is. So if anything, that kind of tells you a lot about Jennifer Sisko, or at least the, the normal one, the original one. Mm. And who is the mirror version of Jennifer Sisko? The mirror version of Jennifer Sisko is a scientist. She's really smart. She's very educated. And she has values. And mm. very ambitious, too. She's willing to do anything for her values and for her cause, even if it means uh, misleading individuals in a very disheartening way mm. which we see with just a jake in, in seasons uh four but um yeah and i would honestly say she's a very strong character mm. and a very romantic character as well mm. because you know you, my favorite episode is uh season three episode 19 through the looking glass where we see mirror uh jennifer cisco for the first time and she completely hates her husband, which is Ben. And she tells him all, she says all these nasty things and stuff like that. But the moment he kind of saves her and he says something meaningful and kind of chivalrous, shiver, she is like, you can see it in her eyes. Like she like just fell in love with him all over again, which mm-hmm. is really cool. Yeah, it's really great writing as well, because from her side she knows that it's not Ben because of how he's acting. and But from Ben's side, it's a way to, just for a couple of moments, reconnect with a wife that he desperately misses. And it's really sad and it's really interesting writing. 
Yeah, yeah. It's it, it goes on so many themes and parallels that it's incredible to watch. And every time I rewatch both episodes of Mirrored uh, Jennifer, I, I find new things to discover. Mm. So we've touched on who Jennifer is. We've kind of touched on them as who they are as a couple. But who is Ben Sisko? Um, ben Sisko is a black commander on the space station of Deep Space Nine. And I feel like it's important to mention that he's a black commander because, I don't know, he, he brings so much uh, uniqueness to the role based on this, his personality, his experiences. And as we all know from Star Trek, or, you know, the world of Star Trek and the, and the Federation, but there has been no racism, there has been no... Uh, no no terrorism or anything like that for like hundreds of years mm-hmm. so see a character like him and such a high authority at a space station it's it was just a fresher breath there for me to watch mm-hmm. that so he, he's also a father he's also a leader and he's also um someone who makes incredibly tough decisions and uh and is willing to make them which makes him a uh, visionary in a, in a sense. <laughs> yeah. And there's also the aspect of religion that comes into it as well with how he gets involved with being the Bajoran emissary. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So what is it that you like about this particular couple? Mm, let's see. I was answering this question so many times last night. So I'm like, what would I say? So, first of all, when people watch TV shows and they find a couple, whether it's in a show or a movie, and they're like, oh, the chemistry is great. The chemistry is this and the chemistry is that. Um, personally, I believe in most shows and movies, the chemistry is, is, is not good between actors because mm. what people like to believe is chemistry is just really just two attractive people just liking each or, you know, just liking each other and kissing on each other. And... Even though Ben Sisko and, and Jennifer do have decent chemistry, my favorite thing about them is the fact that they exist in a science fiction format as mm-hmm. a black couple. For me, I've seen a lot of sci-fi shows, and I've never seen a black couple in it. I'm still searching to see if they truly are the first um, black couple in a sci-fi, because I think that's... Uh, completely groundbreaking and for me witnessing that at like age 22 or 21 because I think that's when I first watched Deep Space Nine mm-hmm. I just felt like there is an endless amount of, uh, of possibilities once I saw that because representation truly does matter not only is it the like they're just a black couple and things like that but it's really just the um, how can I say this they they kind of make up every aspect of a relationship through Mm -hmm. all phases you know from like the honeymoon phase from like the gray period and then even when the relationship's over you don't want to talk to each other they represent um all of that and for me personally uh since as a black man who who lives in a black community it's very relevant today to see certain couples uh maybe not work out their problems and not communicate or they don't know how to be co-parents or or they don't know how to even be like a a single parent so just to see all that within ben and jennifer's uh cisco's relationship Mm. 
throughout Deep Space Nine, uh, it means a lot to me. And um, I will always forever cherish that relationship and always have it up to the highest uh, a pedestal uh, because of, of what they've shown on the show. So can I ask, with that in mind, would you have liked to have seen Jennifer maybe not killed off in the first episode and would you have liked to have seen her maybe become a character on the show? Um, I'm going to go with no mm-hmm. because in the format of television, less is more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe that everything that has happened with Ben and Jennifer from the stories that they've shared, even though it wasn't like many episodes, they've told everything that they've needed to, to, to tell. We know what their relationship was like when they were together, when they're not together. And yeah, I just, I don't, I don't really see a purpose for it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe it'd be cool to have episodes and sure I would watch it, but I don't, I don't think it would really be necessary because I think everything's pretty damn near flawless mm-hmm. about their, uh, how they perceive their relationships. So I think we've touched on this a bit, but what do they mean to you? Yeah, what do they mean to me? I think for me personally, Ben and Jennifer is like a sign of hope. Um, And that's not to say like, oh, I want to have like a relationship like this one day. Mm -hmm. But it's a a sign of hope knowing that... um, any any kid in any minority can 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 watch Star Trek and see this type of representation, and know that it is possible to to uh, have a relationship like they do. Rather, if it's shown in a um, if the relationship was going through like a good time or a bad time, depending on like what episode you watch, because they're definitely in turmoil in in in, in, in a certain episode, but. Um, just that possibility of knowing that that kind of relationship exists, mm. it, it means a lot to me. And um, yeah, yeah, it means a lot to me. Going back to the core of the actual series, I think, although you don't actually see much of this couple together, like you say, I think in total there's about five episodes or maybe less with them. One of them, Jennifer, is alive and they're able to interact. But I would say the core, at least the first, no, I'd say the core of Deep Space Nine is really about that grieving process that he's still going through and learning to be a dad and basing his career around his son. Whereas in the past, Jennifer was there, she could pull up some of the slack, she could be there for Jake, Ben has to be there more. And yeah, it's it's really interesting because something we should say about Deep Space Nine is that it does have, I mean, it doesn't do this for every episode, but it does have a continuity for the characters that I would say doesn't really exist in the other Star Trek alliterations. The impact of things kind of stay with the characters longer than you would expect it to. Mm-hmm. And how his priority in the, especially the early seasons, is always kind of Jake. He's always worried about Jake. Where is Jake? That sort of thing. It, yeah, it's yeah. really core to the series, I would say. Um, it definitely is. I mean, anyone who's watched D Space Nine can tell you that a top three episode of the series is uh, an episode just about that. Like, Ben Sisko leaves 
Jake, and it's it's about him kind of growing up without that father figure, mm-hmm. um, or like any parent figure, and how he his life kind of shapes shapes out to be. So, yeah, it's it's very important to core Star Trek, but you know, in a sense, that's really what Star Trek, uh, what every series is from the original Star Trek to Next Generation to Voyager to Enterprise. It's about family and how to coexist mm. with these individuals that are very different uh, from your from your core values. Well, you know what? You've been asking me about why do I ship this couple? Why mm-hmm. do I ship that couple? Why do I like that couple? Um, we all know that I love Ben and Jennifer Sisko. Now, since we're talking about Deep Space Nine, there is a couple on the show that I do not ship. Okay. And I've always felt it was weird that they got together. Okay. And that was Jadzia Dex and Worf. Yeah. You know that my favorite character is Jadzia Dax. And mm-hmm. I 100% agree with you on the Dax Worf thing. Can I just oh, give weird. my reasonings as to why? Yeah. For yeah, me? You would have to. <laughs> okay. So, first off, obviously, we're quite big into this show so the fact so we're going to give you now some details listeners that you i may cut out because for time (laughs) but the the thing is they brought Worf in to the fourth season because the ratings weren't doing very well and i would say that they never really knew what to do with Worf. and i would also say that as much as i love dax i would say the writing for jadzia was always patchy. If you look at a lot of the other characters, if you look at Rom, for instance, the writing around uh-huh. Rom is really solid and he has this arc that develops really nicely. And uh-huh. if you look at someone like Garrick, he has this really interesting arc as well. And I mean, these are just secondary characters. But I felt right. with Jadzia, they never really knew what to do with her. And I think when Worf came on board, they did that thing that a lot of shows do, which is they're not sure how to write for one character and they don't necessarily have the stories for the other one. So they they pair them up. And I felt very much that was what was going on. I mean, in one way, you can see it happening because we know that Jadzia liked Klingon culture and that the Dax symbion and Jadzia herself would want to collect Worf because he's kind of like an oddity. But for them to be a long-term thing, I mean, I could see them, I could see her, not him. I could see her hooking up with him. I could not see him doing that because that goes against his Klingon honour. But them being a sort of booty call, after they got together, Dax never got a storyline that wasn't around Worf or her relationship with Worf. It just, it kind of diminished her. And like I say, they didn't really know what to do with Worf and he never really fitted in into Deep Space Nine because he was too by the book and none of them are by the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? that's very true. That's very true. What's your take um, on it? Well, since I love Jadzia Dax so much, mm-hmm. when I watch the series, I've always felt that, okay, well, if Jadzia is happy, then I'm happy. That's always how I kind of viewed it. <laughs> Even though I'm like, why would you date Worf? This this doesn't make any sense. I understand that they had to do something with their characters, but since we have this relationship, I think some of the blame could go on the writers for not making the Jadzia episodes interesting enough. 
mm. to the point where they felt like they had to pair her up with somebody. You know, every episode that was really about Jadzia always had to do like what her symbiotes acting up mm. and don't know if she can cope without it. Or she's like going through like withdrawals about something that's going on with that. So, yeah, I, I think looking back at it, that relationship was just, I don't know. I, I just felt like that really wouldn't happen after, after, you know, just after the first three seasons that we've seen of Jadzia. And then especially after the whole, uh, seven seasons we've seen of Worf and Next Generation. I completely agree. And I would also throw into the hat when Ezri tells Bashir that if Worf hadn't come along, then Jadzia would have gone out with him. Again, I don't believe that for a second. (laughs) Wait, she would have dated who? So when Ezri Dax is in the Klingon restaurant with Julian Bashir, she says to Uh him, if Warfent come along, then it would have been you, as the Jadzia would have dated you, which I don't believe for a hot second ever. I'm yeah, like, that wouldn't have happened either. <laughs> Why did you say that? <laughs> I just think she always viewed him yeah. as like this, because you've also got a factor in the age gaps, and I know that Dax is 28, mm. in, but actually the symbiote's like 328. But I always thought there was something yeah. icky between how young Worf is and how old Dax is. <laughs> Akin, I would say, to, like, Twilight. An underrated relationship, mm-hmm. honestly. Some people would argue it's Bashir and Garrett. Oh, yeah, no, I, I would say that That was a really well. good one. Yeah. I think Jake and um, Nog. Nog. Oh, my God. No one can tell me that they're not married because they are. That's that's a true relationship because yeah. they've completely grown with each other and yeah. at a certain point they grew apart from each other. I'm going to wrap this episode up now and I guess I could talk, see, I could talk about Deep Space Nine all day, but I don't want to have mm-hmm. to edit that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I'm going to wrap up this episode by saying thank you for coming back onto the podcast and for being an amazing guest. No, thank you for having me. And for being an amazing host. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, I can't wait to have you back again. 